This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. 12.30 here on a Monday, and Yins already know what that means. It's time to go to the phone and welcome our compadre, our amigo, one-third of the Migos. Mama. He's our good friend of the show. He's a good friend in real life. He's here. He's there. Some might even say he's everywhere. His name's Chris Carter. He works for, geez, everyone. I mean, contributes to everything. Yeah, this is, is true. Is the host. He's out there. Of everything. He's locked, everywhere. Locked on Steelers podcast, DK Pittsburgh Sports, WPXI. Hear him here on SNRCC. What's good? What's up, fellas? How's it been? How's everyone? I hope everyone got to enjoy the day and hanging out with the fam and everything. Well, um, I've actually started developing allergies for the first time in my life, so <laughs> oh, I'm no. kind of enjoying oh, no. it. I'm kind of enjoying it, but I'm kind of like, you know, it's still new to me. So I'm kind of like in that that weird phase of do I try allergy medicine or do I just thug it out? Kind do of I embrace it? it? Like it, it's new to me. I've always looked at people with allergies and never understood it, but now I'm becoming more enlightened. And I appreciate you know, this experience, man. Now you know man. our struggle, Mo. Yeah, it, it, it's I, a cool oh. experience, but it's it's kind of like, I, I don't know if I like it or it's don't like cool. it just yet. You it, I, I'm, in, I'm in the middle just yet. Cool. I'm in the middle it's of it just cool. yet. It's, it's new to me. <laughs> it's the uh, worst thing Jesus up, ever did. Thing. Yeah, so seriously, why did we need allergies in the first place? <laughs> what do they do for our for our body? For our body? So, yeah, the person who's had allergies since day one of my life, I, I, I got allergies and asthma. Well, I will say most a cold compress wet ready you never know like when you out and about and that pollen hitting your face just taking a washcloth to your face oh i tell you what yeah it's 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 coming up on out like full-blown allergy season too i'm so. just leading into it yep. I, I smile with my itchy nose i smile with no. my red eyes <laughs> as i oh. sneeze i say ha ha this is cool <laughs> You can't rub your eyes, though. You can smile, but if you rub your eyes, trust me, it only gets worse. Hey, I, I, I did learn that, actually, this weekend. Yeah, oh, it's brutal. I, bro, I thought I had something, like, hot on my hands. I was like, yo, what did I touch to make you my eyes the, feel like this now? And all I do is just rub them. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Guys, right? It's it's the Lay's slogan, isn't it? Like, the bet you can't eat just one. Is that yeah. is that Lay's, right, I think? No, uh, is it Lay's? I think it's CC. Uh, is that Pringles? Lay's? Pringles? Once you pop the fun, don't stop. Yeah, that's once you pop the fun, don't stop, yeah, I thought. I yeah, um, that, that's Pringles, yeah. Lay's, I think, is bet you can't eat just one. And that's like when you rub yeah. your eyes, bet you can't just rub your eyes once. Because all. then all of a sudden for the next three hours, that's all you're dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris, buddy, uh, third wave here, I guess, third round of interviews for Steelers GM. You know, you got the initial you know, phone conversation, maybe Zoom meeting, Skype meeting, whatever. Then you come in for round one. Now some guys getting asked to come back to the building round two. Uh, Lewis Riddick has been reported as one of those guys. Doug Whaley today. I'm sure we'll be hearing more names as this process rolls out. I, I asked this to Moats to start the show. I'd be curious to have your opinion. Um, do you see this more as the Steelers doing their due diligence, or does you know additional rounds of interviews maybe you know signify to you that hey, there really is a a much maybe greater chance than we thought when this process began that the Steelers could could go outside of the organization instead of just you know promoting from within. I mean, I think this is doing their due diligence, but doing your due diligence isn't checking a box. It's literally them considering, hey, what if we did go outside of the building? What did? What if we did go get Doug Whaley, bring Doug Whaley back into the fold or or, or hire Lewis Riddick uh, in, in, into the office? 
I mean, that, that's part of what they're doing here is saying, hey, let's consider these actual possibilities. But let's also remember what, you know, what we've looked at that are the strengths of, of, our, of our guys that, that we know. And I, I'm still of the mind that, yeah, like, like Brandon Hunt, he's interviewed with, other, with, with, with the Eagles and everything. Or, you know, there, there's teams that are, that are looking at him. But they also know that if, if, they, if, if they don't give the job to Brandon Hunt, he's probably going somewhere else. And mm-hmm. this is probably a real question. How much do you value him? And um, I think that they still, again, all of it makes sense. This guy's been outside the organization. He's been in the, in the organization for a long time, learned under Bill Nunn, been to Kevin Colbert's right hand. He's learned. He knows the system. This would be a, a promotion. It would be something that you'd like internal. Uh, unless these, some, some, someone here has something truly impressive and, and, and maybe groundbreaking ideologies that could change the Steelers' front office in a positive way forever, I mean, I don't. I still think that they're going to go with the uh, the sensible pick of kind of moving Omar Khan and Brandon Hunt up together um, as sort of you know the financial side for Omar Khan and the personnel side for Brandon Hunt. But uh, but you know, but again, this is the due diligence thing. It, it's real because they're not they're not just going to hand the job to anybody. They want to they want to make sure that they're picking the best guy. Now, with that being the case, though, in terms of trying to pick the best guy, what do you make of these names that are surfacing for second interviews? Lewis Riddick and Doug Whaley. Um, obviously, Doug has GM experience in Buffalo, whereas Lewis Riddick has not had that experience just yet. Do you feel like that holds any extra weight in this conversation? Whereas when we talk about Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan, they're both falling on the side of Lewis Riddick in terms of not having GM experience. Well, I think that it's uh... – they're gonna. It certainly weighs in their favor when they've known what it's like to run a front office. Um, you know the Steelers. And again, here's the other thing. I, I brought this up the last week I was on with y'all, but we don't know what a Steelers GM search looks like. Like you know the most. You and I were in high school. Wes was I think in middle school. I think uh, <laughs> so. Like these. This is a news type. This is a new thing that I have not. Like there's a lot of things I can say. Like I've, I, I remember quarterback searches. I know how they how they draft certain guys. I know how they look to hire certain different things, but not GMs. So this is a little bit new to me, but I, I do think experience will play into play into it. Uh, success and you know you know, you know understanding organizational integrity and being part of being part of a good system like that and setting the right tones and having certain values. I think one thing about it too is that, that they're going to look at it is how much do you believe in sticking to your guns and sticking to your plan hmm. over just jumping at the the, the bright shiny object. In, you know, in free agency or the bright, shiny object in the draft and, and trading away your entire philosophy for it. I think the Steelers have been an organization that has succeeded and continues to succeed by sticking to those guns. And if Doug Whaley and if Lewis Riddick and if anybody else they're bringing back in for, for extra interviews, um, if those people are going on that side, I think that's going to be something that's a determining factor because if you're not, if you're, if you're, trying, to, if you're trying, trying to be out here and you're saying, hey, let's take these big swings for the fences – I think the Steelers are kind of like, look, buddy, we, the, the, the reason you got six Super Bowls here is because of that longevity, and we believe in trying to get keeping that, that, that philosophy in-house. So I, I do wonder, you know, how are these guys selling themselves? What are the plans they're putting in place? What are the belief systems that they, that they hold on to that, you know, that goes into everyday work? Because remember, a belief system isn't just like a, hey, this is generally how I operate. It's literally how you operate day to day. It's how you come into the office. It's how you respond to big moments. It's also how you respond when players don't, you know, don't don't, don't want to be in your room. You know, this, this Kevin Colbert, mm. he used the trait, he used Antonio Brown being, you know, a, being a malcontent with the team to go get the picks to trade up for Devin Bush. 
there's times to be aggressive, but there's plenty of times to stick with what you know, and I think that's going to play a big role in this, maybe even more so than just pure GM experience, especially if maybe that GM experience has taught you the importance of that belief system. Now, I like when you do all that, man. That, that That's when you start getting into your groove right there, baby. Definitely keep it going. I'm going to keep you in your groove right <laughs> here, though, okay? So, we've talked about with the Steelers, you know, how they typically like to operate and their mentality. But if you were in control of this GM search, what are some of the characteristics that you'll be looking for with these candidates? I mean, because we talk about Brandon Hunt, but we talk about him solely because of him being in the organization and just the familiarity of it. But not all of us necessarily look at familiarity as the most important criteria. Some people look at the money side. Some people want personnel. Some people want former players. So I just wanted to hear from you. You know, if you were in control of the GM search, what would be some of the things that you would be targeting with these candidates? I mean, it wouldn't be the the former player aspect to me. It would be more so like like you know, Lewis Riddick being a being a former player and Doug Willie being a guy who played a pit. Like those are cool, but I, I want to know how do you come in, come into the office when you come? I mean, I'm not saying like literally how you drive into the office, but when you come in, <laughs> what is your goal? Seven miles you know, above like, like, the speed limit. Are you going through the Fort Pitt tunnel? Huh? Do you take if the tunnel slow, on the way to If work? they slow down in the tunnel, immediate red flag, cross them off the list. Oh, yeah, get them out of here. We don't want them. Do you, if they do drive you make slow up? in the left lane, cross them off the list. Do, do you turn yeah, left exactly. from the middle lane, or do you actually get in the turning lane? You know? Y'all are, y'all are silly. But you get what I'm saying. How, how do you come into the office? How do you run the office? And, again, what is, what is your philosophy on how to, on how, on how to build teams? Because it's clear the Steelers have had a philosophy that has worked, that has, that has kept their teams good. I know some people out there are going to say, well, what about their lack of playoff wins? The, the Kevin Colbert has not been the reason that they have failed in the playoffs. You know, they, they've had individual failures by players who they, who they pay. You know, maybe paying guys later in their careers, maybe that's a philosophy that they need to change. Because, you know, they, maybe they stuck with Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, and David Castro too long, and that tied them up in the later half of the, of the 2010s. Maybe that's something there. I know, I know, I know. I'm stepping on dangerous territory. I was about but, to say, but I'm yeah, going to be careful with that. These, yeah, we're right. These are these maybe <laughs> philosophies that, that that might be checking to say, okay, how do you feel? Because maybe a big part of this too is the Steelers just drafted a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett. Now, say Kenny Pickett goes on to become that franchise quarterback. What is your what, what is your plan for how to keep him in, but also not mm. bankrupt the team the way, te- way organizations like the Minnesota Vikings have with Kirk Cousins or like the Baltimore Ravens did with Joe Flacco? What, 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 what's the plan for that? So I, I think it's, a, it's about assessing maybe future plans and how that they would handle those, those situations. Um, and, you know, and again, this still might come down to, you know, if you don't have a guy who does it all, you know, if you don't have a guy who, 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 who does it, maybe that's the reason why Omar Khan still stays in the building as well, too. Because it's like, listen, this guy has been studying this for years. He knows all the things. This is what we need to stick with. So, to, to me, I, I think it still comes down to philosophies. But I also think a big part of this will be what's your, what's your vision, how quarterbacks and how the, the, the level of pay and the structure of pay that, that, that this team should be moving forward as we go into what's going to be in uncharted territory with how big this color cap space is going to get in the, few, in the next few years. Well, that's a great that's a great wrinkle by you having these conversations about hey you know we we've got our guy here for the next fifteen years how are you going to build around him when we potentially have to pay him all these different things I love that Chris so so I got to ask as you mentioned quarterback there a more important successor 
hire for the Steelers to nail this offseason, right? Is it more important for them to, to, to nail Ben Roethlisberger's successor, or do they have to get the decision right? Is it more imperative when it comes to Kevin Colbert's? Oh, you, you, those are two different things, Wes. That's not fair. You can't, you can't be doing that, What kind of laugh was that? I know what kind of laugh was that. That was my major, anyway, was my major pain, being, my major pain laugh. I, I, I picked up on it, but still, I was just like, <laughs> I hate you. Um, but, no, okay. So, that's tough. I think, I, I have to still say the GM position, because, if the Steelers had – say, say what would you rather have, the franchise quarterback who was on for another 18 years and got you two Super Bowls, or would you rather have the general manager who stays mm. on for another 20 years and get you two, <laughs> get Super, you two Bowls? Super Bowls? Because both of them got two Super Bowls. Um, and, and here's why I say the general manager. Because if you have the great GM and Kenny Pickett doesn't work out and he's not your – guess what you have? You still have a great GM that can help right. you find the next yeah. great quarterback. Right. And that's where I take a place. And I know some people might say, but you already have the great quarterback. But here's the thing. How many teams have had great quarterbacks and because they weren't able to put great talent around them, mm-hmm. weren't able to mm-hmm. win with them? I mean, Very look true. at Matt Stafford. And I'm not saying Brandon, the, 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 the higher, whoever they hire is going to be as bad as the Detroit Lions were. But there's been several quarterbacks that just are stuck in tough situations. You know, Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. And if you were, if, imagine if you put him on the Steelers of the 90s with what they were able to put together. You know, they you know, he, him, and those two at that time, they probably do win a couple Super Bowls. So, to answer your question, Wes, I go with the GM because even there's still a chance that if by getting the GM, that Kenny Pickett still is your franchise guy. But if Kenny isn't in five years, you're going to be in a good you'll spot. Have a, you'll have another shot. Yeah, yeah. So, with that being the case, though, how much longer do you anticipate these interviews going on? Do you think that we're going to see another? you know, set of in-person interviews, or do you think they will be coming to, you know, a, a decision in the next couple weeks or so? I, I have to think it's in the next couple weeks, next few weeks, and maybe another month, you know, just to be just, – just but I, I think things are will start – they'll want to things, get, get their guy in place weeks before, um, the, like, the college football camps start going up because you're, once, once this gets in – once the guy gets in place, you want to get them settled into the office, get them to know everybody – get comfortable, and then you want to hit the ground running with getting to know what's going on all across the country, which prospects are doing really well, who's impressing the coaches, and then you want to get your ears to the ground. Okay, okay, who's, you know, you know who's, who's being the leaders of their locker rooms and different big programs, or who are the guys that you were interested in how they played last year? Like, you know, for example, you know, if Jordan Anderson goes to the USC or goes to Miami or stays at Pitt, you know, if he's a guy that you have your eye on, what's he like on, on whatever team he's on? If he's back at Pitt, is, you know, is – is, has he made amends with the team? Does he need to make amends with the team? You know, things like that. You know, if there's a guy out there like Pablo Baldonado, an edge rusher at Pitt, how is he stepping into the leadership role as an edge rusher? You know, Caleb Willie, you know, he's a good quarterback, too. I, that's crazy. I did so much studying for next year's quarterback leading into this offseason, <laughs> and when they picked Kenny Pickett, I was like, well, throw all that out there. Oh, man. That um, but point being, that you, have, you want to have your, your main guy in place, your GM in place with your whole scout team heading into – when you're starting to, 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 to start the process, the draft process starts very soon. Like, you know, everyone was like, Oh, you, why are you having Kevin Colbert on, you know, during, during the draft when you can ha- get the next GM, the, the draft process does not start after the, the regular season is over. The draft process starts when colleges are starting to bring their teams together and starting to build up for the upcoming season so that you can get, uh, you can start 
bank of information so that when you're ready to set your big board, you have entirely detailed profiles out set and ready to go. So I, I think it'll be soon, most because I think that they want to get this get the next guy in there and say, hey, be ready, and, and they're and that way they have two weeks they settle things in, and then there's no more questions who needs to, uh, of what needs to happen. They're just hitting the ground running, uh, going out there and scouting who they want to scout. Chris, I wish this was one of those times where the three of us were on Zoom together while we were doing this segment because <laughs> I wish you could see my partner, Arthur Motes, right now. He is struggling in the studio. I was, studio studio with saw these, it. I was excited. I was like, no, nope, I'm not going to do it. But I'm enjoying is, it, though. Is, like, I'm smiling. He's smiling. <laughs> he's smiling through the pain. There's, it's just different. It's Arthur, cool, though. Arthur Motes has – is it, is it, is it um, Stockholm Syndrome? He's got Stockholm Syndrome to the pollen right now is, is what's going like, on. Like, I'm enjoying it, though. This is fun. This is a good situation. <laughs> But you get to now wear I'm a cast. On crutches for the now, first time. Full, full transparency. <laughs> the first time I got a cast, I was in the NFL. I was so excited <laughs> about wearing my cast, it? bro. Absolutely. But the problem is, this, it? Do you have the lunch lady. But no, sign this it? is the thing though, because at the NFL level, I didn't realize this because all my friends who had cast before, you get that cast, so it's gonna stay on for months, right? In the NFL, we switch our cast like every day. Yeah, because, you gotta like, keep it pre- fresh. Yeah. Oh. So it was like, oh, everybody signed the first day, and then it was, <laughs> then it was gone. All right, it's gone. And I'm like, oh, this is like a thing? Like every like, day oh, we got to put a different one on? This wasn't yeah. like when it happened to my buddies in middle school, and they wore that thing around for four months. And it looked all dingy and stuff. And I was you could go- smell it from was, the next locker I was away. hoping I was going to get that, and that was not the case. So, yeah. I, but like I said, it's still new to me, man. I'm enjoying this process, man. I'm leaning into it. <laughs> Something is not new to us. It's our guest who's with us right now, Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. CC on that Locked On Steelers podcast today, you had some interesting yeah. research, some interesting comments that I'm totally going to steal and repurpose here as a question right back to you. Because that's what we do in this business, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Basically, you laid out how if you look at some of the similarities between Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett and where the offense could go regardless of who ends up being the starter – it looks like the middle of the field is the answer, right? Both these quarterbacks, it, does that feel like their sweet spot? What did your research tell you? And, of course, how does that relate to uh, Matt Canada's offense and, and guys like Pat Fryermuth? Uh Here's the thing. The, the Steelers last year, we all know, didn't do enough throwing down the middle part of the field, especially down the intermediate part of the middle part of the field. Because Ben Roethlisberger threw a lot of times uh, you know, up to the, you know, in front of the line, right around the middle of the field, but like five, six, seven yards. You want to, you want a guy who can be able to throw the ball, you know, 12, 15, 20 yards down the middle part of the field. That, that cushion right there where it forces those linebackers in the middle part of the field, those off ball guys to say, Hey, wait a second. We cannot just press the line of scrimmage and crowd the line of scrimmage and go after the run game. We have to be able to sit. We have to have a step back, and we have to cover. And then that starts to open up the run game. It gives Najee Harris more opportunity. Ben Roethlisberger wasn't able to do that 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 much last season. If you look at Pat Fryermuth's numbers last year, working with Ben Roethlisberger, they were like he. I think he got two passes beyond. I think was it two passes beyond twenty yards downfield, uh, or maybe even two passes beyond ten yards downfield. Uh, down the middle of the field. I forget. I don't have my chart in front of me right now. But the point being, it wasn't done enough. And when you look at Mr. Trubisky. Even in in, in in 2018, when he had his when he had his, his pro year, even in that year where he still played less games than Ben Roethlisberger, he, he at least threw more times down the middle in, in in that year, and he threw like I think 170 less passes because the Steelers were very pass happy last year to try to open things up. 
with the short passing game. So I think this is going to be a big thing, but if, especially if you look at the passing chart of Kenny Pickett and where he was throwing down, it was his, his, a lot of his strength came on the middle of the field, those in routes, those crosses, those slants, you know, yeah. hitting, hitting guys and hitting guys accurately because a big part of this too is forcing those middle defenders to have to think more because when you guys, and, and there's always that soft spot. And part of why I think Ben Roethlisberger didn't throw out in the middle of the field as much was because when you're doing that, you're working usually between linebackers and safeties who are pinching together to keep it so that you can't reach that deep middle part of the field. But, and when you don't have arm strength, you're a little more cautious because a lot of linebackers today, they're a lot more athletic, they're longer, they're able to get their hands on those balls. Same thing though with safeties. They're coming up, they're aggressive, they're trying to pinch down in those passing windows. But when you have, when you have a younger arm that you can trust, I think you're going to take more shots like that. And we saw plenty of plays like that where Kenny Pickett was very good at picking at defenses that way. And I think Mitch Trubisky, that's something that he's going to be able to tap into. And my whole point with this is that either way, I think that whoever does that the best and does it with Pat Fryman the best, I think that's a huge part of this, this hmm. Steelers offense that's going, to, that's going to be next year. I, I truly think whoever does that the best is going to have a major leg up in this quarterback competition. Uh, because I think if, if they do that, and the Steelers know if they get that part of their game down, that starts to make the linebackers a little bit slower when they're trying to creep up to the line, which gives – if you give a, an offensive line just a half, more, a half of a second more, it gives them another step, another even two steps to get up the field, to, to get their hands on linebackers, and to establish the, the line of scrimmage at a better pace so that the running back has more room to work. So, again, this isn't just about the quarterback. This is about opening up the rest of the offense. That's why I think it's so important that they do that. But, again, I broke it down for like a half hour on Locked Off Steelers, <laughs> so you can check out more, more of my explanation and see, and see all the charts that I put up there to show you know, what, they, what the Steelers would be looking at if they were able to make that work. Well, and Carter, um, as you were breaking down all of your LBs and stuff like that, don't forget the most important part about that. LBs are the best players on the field, hey. baby. They hey. are the smartest, the most athletic, hey. the toughest. I mean, come on, baby. The you talk, handsomest. Wait, what? They, they got to look the part. They got to be the leaders. <laughs> they got to play the run. They got to play in space. They got to cover. They got to blitz. They, I mean, come on, man. It's, it's the perfect position. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Maybe a little biased, but probably perfect. not. <laughs> Maybe a little biased, but probably. I like how you see that last bit in there. Like, there's a chance that. Arthur Motes wasn't a linebacker. Little bit of a chance. Speaking on behalf of you know? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, he, I mean, maybe I, a little bit, probably he, not. Who knows? No, he's, he's a wrestler, not a yeah, linebacker. There we go. Right? There we go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, that was the, that was <laughs> that, was the, that was the original dream right there, <laughs> Let's baby. Let's go. <laughs> Chris Carter, good no, friend in real life, good friend of our program yeah. here. Of course, uh, yeah, if, like Chris said, if you want the, the full breakdown of why the middle of the field is going to be so important, how that relates to Pat Fryermuth, how that could be a determining factor for who is the Steelers' starting quarterback week one and onward, make sure that you are checking out the Locked On Steelers podcast. Folks, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you think you're a Steelers junkie, but you're not subscribed to the Locked On Steelers podcast, well, guess what? You're not a Steelers junkie. Facts. Make sure you're showing our guy CC some love there. Uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports, WPXI. Hear him here on SNR. Chris, great stuff as always, buddy. We appreciate the time, and you take care. Thanks, fellas. I'll catch y'all soon. There he is. CC, Chris Carter. You know, he went to his first uh, 
Penguins playoff game Saturday night, Arthur Motes. The Pens hey, won. That was a heck of a game, bro. So I, I meant to say this to him before he got off the air, but he, I mean, he's got to go, go tonight. tonight. He's got to go tonight. Yeah, he's got to yeah. go the rest of the way. That's I mean, how it works. That's how Everybody it works. Everybody knows that. You got to keep the hot streak going. Mm-hmm. Especially in hockey. Especially. It's a, I've been told it's a pretty superstitious yeah. sport. Pretty superstitious sport. Uh, thanks to CC. Uh, again, subscribe to the Locked On Steelers podcast. Make sure you're checking out uh, the good work that he did on today's edition, breaking down um, all those wrinkles that he just discussed there with us. We're going to take a break here, and we come back on the other side. We'll do a little schedule, would you rather, and we'll get to your tweets as well, too. At Wesley Euler, at the Body 52 The Body. Is where we will take your questions, comments, concerns, and reactions here in the final segment of the show. He's Arthur Motes. I'm Wesley Euler. You're listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.